You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. We've been in this series called More Than a Book. I want to remind you of something. If you uh, have missed a week or maybe you were gone a week, we have these note-taking cards that maybe you grabbed one. Hopefully you got one as you came in. If not, they're at the back table back there if you want to slip out and grab one. Uh, We have those note-taking cards so you can just kind of follow along with us. But as I said earlier, it's a great way. I like to give the verses that I talk about up here on stage so that, once again, you can take God's word for it and not just mine. Go home, look it up in your Bible, see what your Bible says, read it in context, dive a little bit deeper. But also we have those so uh, in some notebooks if you want to start collecting those. And so uh, if you're like me, I, I, I'm, uh, I like to uh, have a complete notebook, if I want to put it that way, right? Like if I miss a week, I want to have one. And so if you're like that, if you missed a week, uh, we have usually the last couple weeks or the last month maybe at the most. And so if you missed a week, talk to one of our 18 members and we can uh, find you at one if you want to take one home and, and, and get caught up. But today we're talking about uh, this series. We're talking about how God's word is more than a book. It's more than just uh, words on a page. It's more than just something that man wrote down. This is God breathed. We've talked about how it's spiritual bread to us. It's spiritual living water to us. We've uh, talked about how it's literally the breath of God, that this whole thing is God breathed. And so when we read it, we are literally taking in the breath of God. And when we speak it, it's why our words necessarily don't have power behind them. But when we align our breath or our words with God's word, it has power behind it because we're aligning with the most powerful weapon in the universe universe, somebody right here. It's this thing. This is true that doesn't have opinions in it. This is fact. This is the truth that will, the only truth that will set us free. Today, we're talking about how God's word gives us sight. We're talking about sight. How many know it's a good thing to be able to see? Amen. Like, yeah, you don't, uh, you, you know, whenever you get something in your eye, that's when you really take for granted being able to see well, right? It's just so annoying. You don't, you don't, you don't really appreciate it until you get something in your eye or something is in your eye or, you know, you get injured. Um, I'm uh, slightly convinced, though, that um, women have better vision than men. Can we talk about that for a second? Um, I don't know about all the guys in the room, all the husbands. I have a, a closet full of shirts but I have about five shirts that I wear. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> that I just, I'm just wearing those things out. Um, and I will many times go into the closet and I will look for a shirt that I want to wear and I will browse and I will look. Where's that shirt at? Can't find it. Look in the folded clothes. Can't find it. Look in the hamper. Can't find it. Uh, look in the dresser. Can't find it. Where's my shirt? Okay, somebody stole my shirt. I go to talk to Leslie. Hey, I can't find my shirt in the closet, my blue shirt. No, it's in there, she'll say. no. <laughs> I've looked, right? Anybody been in this situation before? I've looked. It's not in there. Let me show you. She will talk, walk me back there, and not, she won't even have to look for it. She will immediately, I swear it's some type of magic or something she's doing, but she will pull out the shirt on the hanger. Here you go. Here's the shirt. I'm like, I mean, this has happened many times. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Any of the dudes in here? Has this ever happened to you, right? Uh, but here's the thing. I, I don't know how I have eyes, but I can't see right? That's exactly what happened. I must have looked at that shirt because I went through every shirt, but I missed it. I have eyes, but I cannot see. But you know, also on the other side of it, I'll be, I can, as a man, I can go 80 miles an hour down the turnpike and on the side of the road, way off over there, camouflaged in the, uh, the, the woods, I can see a white-tailed deer when I'm going 80 miles an hour. And I'll say, hey, you see that deer? Unless he'll say, no, what deer? <laughs> right? I'll sure look after we've passed. 
So God's just created men and women a little bit different, right? We have eyes, but sometimes we just can't see. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. We all have eyes, but spiritually, many times we have eyes, but we do not see things in God's word. In fact, I've had many conversations with Christians who've been in church, who know God's word, who are studied and can quote scripture, and I will show them scripture or I will do a teaching on certain topics like tithing, like we talked about earlier, tithing or praying in the spirit or, or, or a balanced approach to God's word on healing. Um, and I will do these teachings or I will, I will show scripture in context. And usually it's amazing. They will say the same thing. Many times they will say, I just don't see it. But isn't that an interesting phrase? I just don't see it. Even though I just showed them in God's word, in context, what I'm talking about. Or I'll devote to doing a whole teaching series on a topic. And afterwards, it just goes right over their head. And I'm just thinking, something's not clicking here when I can show and we can read, but we can still miss things. We need to be aware that we have to have spiritual sight in order to experience all that God has for us. And so one thing I would say is this, just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there, right? It's just like the shirt. Just because I didn't see it in the closet doesn't mean the shirt ain't in the closet. Maybe I just need a little bit of help to see it. We must have spiritual sight in order to understand and receive all that the Bible has for us. So let's talk about it. Why do we need spiritual sight? Point number one is this, spiritual sight leads to understanding. Spiritual sight leads to understanding. We all want to know God's will better. We all want to know more about God. If not, you probably wouldn't be here today, right? We want to know more about him. We want to have better understanding. We want to have a deeper relationship. But it starts, we can't have those things if we're not seeing properly in the spiritual realm. And that's what I want to show you. Let's look at Isaiah 42. We're looking at a few verses here talking about spiritual sight. Isaiah 42, starting in verse 18, it says, Hear you deaf and look you blind that you may see. Let's stop here for a second. We're not trying to be insensitive. God's word's not being insensitive to people who have hearing problems or, or natural sight problems. That's not what we're talking about here. He's saying these things because he's talking about spiritual sight, not natural. He says, who is blind but my servant or deaf as my messenger whom I send? Look at this. Who is blind as he who is perfect? That's a good little foreshadowing for what we're going to talk about. Who is blind as he who is perfect? And Blind as the Lord's servant, seeing many things, but you do not observe. Opening the ears, but he does not hear. Obviously, we're talking about spiritual sight, spiritual deafness in, in, in the, these passages here. Let's look at another one. Jeremiah 5, it says this. Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. We can, ha- we can have eyes, but we can miss a lot of stuff. We can hear, but we cannot understand a lot of things. We can still miss a lot of things. Without spiritual sight, God's word shows us you can never understand the Bible to the fullest. You may understand it in a brief head knowledge, in a finite a version of it in your human brain. However, if you want deep insight, if you want better understanding, if you want to see some true breakthrough in your life, if you want to have greater faith to see God move, where does it start? I've got to see the way that God sees. I've got to have God's vision in this. So let's read a passage from Matthew 13. This is Jesus, and he's talking about this. He's talking about this exact thing. He's talking about um, spiritual sight, and it says this in Matthew 13, starting in verse 14. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes 
they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. So there's a progression here. Here's the progression. I got to see and I got to hear. And once I do those two things, what do I gain? Understanding. When I see and when I hear, spiritually, I understand. When I understand, I turn from my ways. And when I turn from the things that I think are right, when I turn from my sinful ways, when I turn from things that are keeping me from God's best, what happens? God can step in and he can heal. God can step in and he can move in your life. But where does it start? I've got to ask for sight. Lord, help me see. Jesus is showing us that we must be able to see. We must be able to hear spiritually before we can understand the word. Once we have understanding, then we turn and then he can heal us. But here's, here's what I would say about this. The reason many people aren't spiritually healed, I'm not just talking about physically healed, I'm talking about spiritually wholeness, healing. Many, the, the, one of the main reasons people aren't spiritually healed is because they don't turn. They don't turn. They don't turn from their pride, their sin, their self-sufficiency, their arrogance. They don't turn from those things that, they, that, that are keeping them from God's best. And because they don't turn, they don't have understanding to turn. There's this huge progression, basically this domino effect that's taking place. They don't understand what the things that they are clinging to are doing to them. If they had understanding, they would realize, why must I turn? Many times when we come to church and we think we have a list of rules in here, but no one ever explains the why behind God's word. There's a why behind this. There's a why behind why must I change? Why must I repent? Which means to change my, to turn and change my ways. They don't understand what it's doing to them because of that. They are spiritually blind and they are spiritually deaf. We've got to have spiritual sight. This is why, and in my message, I said this last week, I'll say it again. This is why in my messages, I put more scripture in my messages and less of my opinion or things that can entertain you. Okay, you can find a lot less of those things uh, and more of God's word. Why? Because God's word is the only thing that can bring spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical healing and wholeness to your being. Right? I'm not the best entertainer. I'm not here to, to just have you laughing and rolling on the floor. But I can tell you what, you're going to get fed spiritually when you come to Abide Church. That's our goal. That's what we are shooting for. And so you need to be in a church. Hopefully you found a church. But you need to be in a church that is feeding you well spiritually. Feeding you well spiritually. Spiritual sight leads to understanding. If I can gain understanding, it unlocks the potential for God to move in my life. Point number two is this, though. Pride causes spiritual blindness. Pride causes spiritual blindness. This is a big one. How, what would keep us then? What would keep me from understanding God's word more or seeing more of what God has for me? It's pride. And we're going to read a story where Jesus heals a blind man who had been blind from birth. So think of this miracle. He'd been blind his whole life. Jesus heals him. And what happens in the story is that the religious leaders of the day get upset with Jesus. How crazy is that, Right? This, I mean, even if you don't agree with what just happened, the guy found freedom. The guy's been miraculously touched by God. I don't care who you are. Even if you don't believe in God, you should be celebrating, right? Like what kind of heartless person cannot celebrate with the fact that someone who's been blind, who's never seen color, who's never seen light, who's never seen the face of their loved ones can now see. That's an amazing miracle. But can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? What's sad is that there are many denominations and people today who act the same way. It's amazing how many people, you'll share a story of healing and they'll immediately come back with 
criticism. Well, yeah, and that's their first in- instinct. Now, I'm saying that every story was um, a true story that's out there on social media. Now, there's, there's very little that's actually true anywhere on social media, right? But I'm not saying everyone's true, but I'm saying what should our, our heart be whenever we first hear those stories? My heart, my first reaction should be to glorify Jesus rather than to criticize the people. My heart should be leaned towards glorifying Jesus in all things and in all things. If you get upset, angry, offended, when someone shares scripture in context with you that doesn't align with your beliefs, that's a good sign that you have a misbelief. Let me say that again. When you get angry, when you get upset, when you get offended, when someone shares scripture in context with you that doesn't align with your beliefs, it's a good sign that you have a misbelief. Let me say it this way. Whenever people quote scripture to you, as long as they're using it in context and accurately, when they say scripture, when you hear teaching that is biblical teaching, there should be nothing in you that rises up that doesn't align with the fruit of the spirit. There shouldn't be offense. There shouldn't be anger. There shouldn't be bitterness. There shouldn't be this hatred. If that is rising up, that should be me. I should take a step back and say, why is that rising up? Because those are acts of the flesh. What should rise up in me when I hear scripture, when I hear sound doctrine taught, what should rise up in me is the fruit of the spirit. Love and joy and peace and kindness and self-control. That's what rises up. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit inside me who produces those things. So when it's accurate teaching, the Holy Spirit in me, in the same person that is quoting the scripture or teaching the scripture, it's the same Holy Spirit. And it's on the same page and it's glorifying Jesus and it should raise me up as well. And so we got to be careful that we don't let pride sneak in and give us blindness simply because we've believed, believed something for our whole lives if it doesn't show up in here. We've got to make sure it's in here, in context, accurate. Let me show you. Let me read this story here. In John chapter 9, it says this. And Jesus said, for judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see. And that those who see may be made blind. This is interesting. Listen to this. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him, they heard these words and they said to him, are we blind also? The religious leaders, are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see. Or since you say, we see. Therefore, your sin remains. We better, we better understand this verse, right? Your sin remains. That's a huge deal. He links spiritual sight to basically the forgiveness or the lack thereof of sin. So let's look at it. Basically what's happening is this. is Jesus said, I came that those who are spiritually blind may receive their spiritual sight. You couldn't see, but with me, now you can see is what he's saying. And that those who say that they can see without me. This is Jesus. He's saying, those who say that you can see without me, that you have spiritual insight outside of me, Jesus is saying, he's saying, <laughs> you'll be made spiritually blind. You'll be made spiritually blind. So basically, here's what he's saying. If you would admit to me that you cannot see without me, you would have no sin or I would forgive your sin. But since you think that you can see without me, your sin remains. What is it? It's pride. We don't need Jesus. We're taught. We, we are well-educated religious leaders. We don't need this guy coming on here showing us, trying to reveal stuff to us. We, we know. Here's the issue. 
These religious leaders are leading thousands of people. Yet they don't even have spiritual sight. They don't even have spiritual sight. It's a big deal. This is a huge deal. This is why every time before you read your Bible, you need to say, and I try to say this every single time before I get into my quiet time and read God's word, Lord, I cannot understand this book unless you explain it to me. I cannot see unless you give me sight. This is why Jesus called the Holy Spirit the helper. He said, I'm going to give you another helper who's just like me. He's going to remind you of the things that I've said. He's going to give you insight. He's going to comfort you. And so I said, Holy Spirit, help me understand the words that you have breathed onto this page. Can I tell you, that's a prayer God loves to answer. But many times we don't pray that and we just read and we gain some head knowledge and we fall right into the trap of the religious leaders who are missing it. They're missing it. I've got to get spiritual sight. I've got to have spiritual sight. But I've got to be aware that pride brings blindness. Let me show you a different verse. This is a a prophecy into the future. Isaiah 4 verse 1, it says this. And in that day, seven seven women shall take a hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own food, wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. Can I get an amen, right? <laughs> uh, what does this verse mean, right? This isn't the verse you have printed out and hung above your dining room table for everyone to see when they come over, right? What does this mean? This is why we've got to have spiritual sight because this has a lot to do with what we're facing today in America. Let me show you. Let me break down some of the key words here. Seven women, in, in, in uh, God's word, many times women are a reference to the church. That's why the church is called the bride of Christ. Seven women, he's talking about the seven churches in Revelation or in the end times. So he's speaking about the end times church is what he's talking about. We'll take hold of one man. Who is that? That's Jesus. We're speaking of Jesus here. They said we will eat our own food. We talked about this a little bit earlier. What is, um, what is God's word to us? It's bread. Food is talking about teaching. It's talking about doctrine. We will wear our own clothing or our apparel. Clothes in scripture is a reference to righteousness. That's why it's called the robe of righteousness. It's not a physical robe we wear around, but it is a spiritual robe in the spiritual realm that we wear around. It's actually the robe of Jesus. Can't get into all that uh, in this series but, or in today's message. But it, clothes is referring to, or apparel is referring to righteousness or in right standing. So here's what the verse is saying. In the end times, the worldly church is going to take a hold of Jesus. But they'll say to him, we want to teach our own lessons, have our own form of righteousness. But let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. This is the world we're living in right now. This is why we can't afford to take church lightly. This is why the church must be bold in its declaration of the gospel of Jesus. This will offend many when we preach it in truth, but in love. Not just to bash people over the head, but can I tell you this? Pride What does it do? It lessens sin. That's what we just read. This is the prophecy for the end times church. It lessens sin. Well, we're going to teach our own doctrine. Meaning what? We're going to feed ourselves our version of what you have for us. Our own food. Pride lessens sin. Sin is too serious of an issue for us to lessen it or overlook it. Sin, no matter how big or small, is what put Jesus on the cross. Must be a big deal, right? But here's the thing. Right? If you're sinning, can I tell you something? You're welcome here to buy church. 
Can I put your mind at ease? You're welcome here, right? Like if you're, if, hear me, if you're battling addiction, you're welcome here. If you're battling homosexual temptations, you're welcome here. If you're battling a, a lust, you're welcome here. If you're battling alcoholic tendencies, you're welcome here. You can be here. You can find a place here. But can I tell you, you are welcome here. But we will not affirm sinful behavior. We will ask everyone, including ourselves, our leadership team, everyone to submit to the authority and the truth of God's word. Can I get an amen? That's pretty good, somebody, right? That's how it should be. God loves you too much to leave you in the sin that will keep you from him. We like the sin. It's easy for a time. But God loves you too much to say, I see you're in there. I'm just going to leave you there and hope you figure it out. Affirm you in it. No, he sees you in a pit of desperation, of, of nastiness spiritually. He says, hey, I see you there. Guess what? I can help you get out. I can help you be free from that. Your sin, the thing you're battling is not your identity. And that's where our world has got it mixed up. Well, you're battling homosexual temptations. You must be a homosexual. No, what you're battling is not your identity. Your identity is found in here. Don't let the devil steal your identity because he identifies you by your sin. The devil calls you by your sin. God calls you by your name. Can I get an amen? That's good preaching. I don't care. I don't, know, I don't know what you guys are thinking, but hey, this is good. This is exciting. Why? Because the enemy wants to keep you down. And in keeping you in sin, what does he do? He keeps you from a loving heavenly father, from finding life. But what he's done is he's crept into the end times church. And he's allowed the church, not every church, I'm not saying that, please hear me. There's a million great churches, especially in our city. There's a million great churches that I would take my family to. But can I tell you, he's crept it into the church where we are just so passive and affirming that we don't want to offend someone. There's growth in the stretch, though. You ever gone to the gym? How do you know you're getting results when you're a little sore afterwards? Same way spiritually. Sometimes you may come, I may step on your toes a little bit, or I may say a few verses that, man, oh, kind of rubs you the wrong way. Can I tell you? As long as it's in context and it's God's word that does that, it's a good thing. That's the Holy Spirit correcting, guiding, keeping you from the pit of sin that will keep you from God. <sighs> Hear my heart in this. We're, we're a welcoming church. However, this word above any other word. Amen. This word above any other word. Why? Because pride will blind us. If we think pride is okay, <laughs> then we think sin is okay. And we lessen it, but it put Jesus on the cross. And so we cannot be okay with it. We need to move past it and find freedom in the truth. It's this truth that will set you free uh, from any sin. So another verse in uh, Scripture talks about the end times church. And here's what it says. It talks about how you will eat, but you will, uh, what does it say? You will not be satisfied. You ever been in a service like that? Hopefully it hasn't been one of these, but you ever been in a service like that? You went to church and you walked out like, I got nothing. I got nothing from that. I do my best to steward God's word well to you today and every, and every Sunday. But I was just talking to somebody a few weeks ago and they went to a, a church and, and uh, the, the pastor was talking on prayer and fasting and she said, we walked out and I didn't really, you know, I didn't get anything out of it besides that I knew that the pastor really liked Oreos. And can I tell you that breaks my heart. 
Because our time together, there's no other time throughout the week that you're going to be in a room full of people like like-minded believers where biblically the presence of God is present. Our time together is too precious for us to miss it on a regular basis and show up once a month. Our time together is too precious for us to look at this and think we're going to put, come together and put on a good show to, to, to encourage people. Look, you will be encouraged by God's word. But we've got to come together with some expectation and some, in, and some seriousness and a little bit of the healthy pressure of we're coming together for a reason. Time is short. Our world is going to hell and we got a job to do somebody. So we got to have some sight. We got to put our pride aside, humble ourselves and say, Lord, if I have something in me I need to deal with, let me deal with it. Help me through it so I can see, so I can understand, so I can turn, so you can bring healing. Then let me take that healing to somebody else. Amen. That's our job. That's what we're here to do. Pride will blind us. Here's the, here's the encouraging one today, okay? That one might have been a little heavy for you. Here's the encouraging one for you today. Jesus opens blind eyes. You might have known this in the natural, but can I tell you, we're going to talk about it in the spiritual. He opens blind eyes. Let me read you this, this story here. This is such a fascinating story. This is after Jesus has fed 4,000 people. He did another miracle. Hopefully you know this. He fed 5,000 people with one lunch. And then a while later, he feeds 4,000 people. Just as amazing, just as miraculous, almost identical to the first one. But he feeds 4,000 people. It's right after this that this story picks up. Let's read it in Mark chapter 8. It says this, And he, Jesus, he left them, left the crowd, getting into the boat again. He departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed. Beware of the leaven, or beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Here's what he's talking about. He's starting to speak to them spiritually. He's not talking about natural yeast here. He's talking about, he's, he's getting ready to introduce them to a, a spiritual thought or truth about something that's to come. And he's saying, beware of this. And he's beginning to speak to them. And here's what happens in verse 16. It says this, and they, the disciples, they reasoned, reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. So Jesus is starting to speak to them. Hey, beware of what's happening. And they're like, man, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is mad because we didn't bring any bread on this trip across the, uh, in the boat here. Right? It, right? it went right over their head. They're missing it. Let's continue on. Let's see what happens. But Jesus, he's being aware of it. He said to them, why do you reason? Because you have no bread. Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said to him, 12. Verse 20. Also, when I broke seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? How is it you don't understand? Here's what Jesus is saying. Boys, remember when I fed thousands with just a little bit? Remember that? Remember like when I did that multiple times? Do you remember? Do you still not understand that I can feed 13 men with one loaf of bread if I wanted to? They had, did it, he said, what? They didn't bring enough bread, they had one loaf. <laughs> the disciples have seen him feed 5,000 plus and 4,000 plus with a little bit of food. And they still miss it. You don't think I could do that for them, but not for us? We got one loaf. 
that's more than enough for me. I can feed us and have some left over. They're missing it. They're missing it. They don't have eyes to see. But here's the thing. We can criticize the disciples all we want, but the truth is we're just like them. I read the, <laughs> be transparent, I've read through the Gospels many times, and many times I've read it, and I thought, man, these guys are a bunch of morons, right? <laughs> and God says, yeah, you have been too. But our God loves us. He doesn't call us morons. But he sees us in our simple-minded And he says, I see you're still missing it, but I have more for you. God told me, and I wrote this down word for word. Let me read it. He told me to tell you. He said, tell my sons and daughters, you are too concerned with the things you can see with your natural eyes. When you should be concerned with the things you fail to see with your spiritual eyes. Ask me for sight, and I will reveal Wonderful, miraculous things to you, says the Lord. You're too concerned with the things that you can see with your natural eyes. You should be concerned with the things you fail to see with your spiritual eyes. But ask me for sight, and I will reveal wonderful, miraculous things to you, says the Lord. We, did, we think the disciples are so simple-minded that they miss it because they're arguing about bread. <laughs> But some of us spend the majority of our week arguing about politics, complaining about our boss, wasting time playing video games, neglecting our families to social media and TV and to our work. But God is saying today, I desire to give you spiritual sight if you will ask me. He wants to show you how to help your child that is struggling, how to impact your culture, how to love your family better, how to find freedom in that situation you're in. He wants to help you find a way to help your family through this difficult time. But it's going to start with sight. If we're ever going to receive spiritual sight, we must humble ourselves and ask for it. It's that simple. The Bible is so much more than a book. It gives us spiritual sight. With spiritual sight comes what? Understanding. With understanding comes me humbling myself and turning from the things that keep me from God. And when I turn, he says, I will heal you. I will heal you. If we don't understand this book, if we don't read this book, we will lack spiritual sight. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray for us. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your grace. Thank you for your word, that it is true, and it is more true than any other word that has ever existed. Any word spoken over us, any word delivered to us, any word that we've read off a page, it is more true because it is still alive, it is active, and it is ready to work in our lives. And I ask you, Lord, that you would let it go to work in our lives. In Jesus' name, would you keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second? I'm gonna ask everyone in here to say this prayer after me. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna lead us in a prayer, just a prayer to ask for spiritual sight. This isn't a prayer for salvation. This is just a prayer for us to humble ourselves and to receive spiritual sight today from God. And so right there at your seat, if you would just turn your palms up, just put your hands up as a way of receiving, as a way of humbling yourself, just as a, a simple action, And would you repeat this prayer after me? Just say it out loud. I don't know if we can hear yourself with your own ears. Just say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I ask you to forgive me of my pride. Open my eyes. Soften my heart. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear, 
and a heart to receive all that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can look right up here. This week, as you go through, and I have an action step for you right there on your, on your note-taking card. As you go through this week, as you read God's word, as you meditate on it, ask the Holy Spirit for help. Holy Spirit, help me see and understand this book. And he will make this thing come alive so much more, so much greater than you've ever experienced before. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.